Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book Employee to Entrepreneur by Steve Glaveski. Keep listening to find out how you can escape the corporate rat race and what you need to do before you start. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back, episode 50. This is the last episode of 2019 or last proper episode with the three big ideas that I've taken from a particular book. The next couple of episodes, which will go out late December, are all about some of the books that are coming up, some top books that we've read this year, some of the best big ideas and a bit of a roundup and a few special guests joining us with their thoughts and ideas too. So look out for those. There'll be some fun episodes, which will take us through to early Jan or mid Jan, when it is the birthday episode. Now, this book seemed like a very appropriate one to finish on for 2019, and especially coming into a Christmas break, because I know, or an end of year break, because I know that a lot of people use that time to reflect, collect their thoughts, reflect on the year, think about what's happened and think about what they want to do next. New Year's and particularly things like New Decades, which we're about to go into, into 2020, have a funny effect on people as they have an existential crisis and realise that they maybe don't want to spend the next year or next 10 years doing the same thing as they've done in the last year, two years, 10 years, whatever. So that might be causing a few people to think about moving into their own business and what that would need to, to entail. So this seemed like the perfect opportunity to cover this book, Employee to Entrepreneur by Steve Glaveski. It's a book I really enjoyed reading this year and was very appropriate because this year I moved from my corporate role into running my own business. But that wasn't just something I, in February, I decided, oh, in March, I'm going to leave. It was nearly 18, well, probably actually over 18 months in the making. It was not a switch on kind of decision. And this book is really great because it talks about all of those things you need to do and put into place and all the things that will you'll go through and will happen and you'll need to consider in being an entrepreneur, be it that a solopreneur, kind of freelancery kind of model, or into running a business and building something that you're going to grow and sell or invest or, or continue to grow in some way. Before we dive into the three big ideas I took from the book, a couple of little notes about the author and the book itself. Steve Glaveski's mission is to unlock the later potential of organizations and people to create more impact for humanity and lead more fulfilling lives. That is a big purpose statement. He is a respected authority within the corporate innovation and startup space. The journey, however, hasn't been easy. He grew up in the socio-economically challenged working class western suburbs of Melbourne. He was also fired from his first real job. But despite this, he hustled his way into gigs with prestigious firms such as EY, we share that same background, KPMG and Macquarie Bank. Then, just like that, he gave it all up to pursue a life in entrepreneurship. Since making the leap and learning some hard lessons with his first web startup, Hotdesk, he founded Corporate and Startup Innovation Accelerator Collective Campus, now a seven-figure business and one of Australia's fastest growing new companies. He also founded Children's Entrepreneurship Programme Lemonade Stand, hosts 300 episodes strong Future Squared podcast and is the founding investor of blockchain company Concrete. And that was taken from the Employee to Entrepreneur website, link in the show notes. Just as a quick side note, a couple of months ago, Steve brought out a book called Lemonade Stand, which is for kids. So if you've got kids who are interested in entrepreneurship or are starting to, or you want to foster that excitement and that interest in business in, highly recommend picking up a copy of that book for Christmas to gift a child near you. 
There's a link to buy that book in the show notes as well, so you can go in and check that out. About the book, Steve wrote this book for people who are dissatisfied at work and are looking for more from life. He wrote this book to increase their chances of making the leap successfully by helping them avoid many common pitfalls faced by the first-time entrepreneurs and doing away with many of the self-limiting beliefs and behaviours that one picks up in the corporate world. A lot of business experts talk about following your passion and being your own boss, but few cover how to make the leap from corporate world successfully. It is critical you develop the mindset of an entrepreneur and systematically validate and execute on your business ideas. This enables you to reduce stress and radically increase your chances of success. While people are enamored by the idea of entrepreneurship, most find themselves stuck in the rat race, miserably comfortable, rationalizing a job they hate, living for the weekend, and casually browsing job listings and holiday destinations as a form of escape. Again, from the Employee to Entrepreneur website, link in the show notes. And if any of that resonated with you, which I know it will have done, now is the time to start thinking about what's next and if entrepreneurship may be for you. And this book is a great place to start. So here we go. The big three ideas I took from the book, Employee to Entrepreneur by Steve Glaveski. Number one, mindset is everything. There are loads of tools, tips, and strategies for the practicalities of starting something new, of getting out of corporate world, what you need to do before, during, and after, and how that transition can look. But the key underlying thing is mindset. And Steve covers this really heavily throughout the book, which I think is fantastic. He quotes and talks about everything from Seneca to Carol Dweck. So going from stoicism to growth mindset and from failure to setting your purpose. It goes quite deep and fairly real into the realities of being your own boss. It's not just mindset, but he covers health as well. Looking after yourself through fasting, through diet, through exercise, through cold shock, cold shock therapy, meditation and general well-being, your social life and all of the other things that you need to be looking after if you're going to run a successful business. In a world where the hustle mentality or that hustling gets so much attention and so much bravado, it's pretty cool to read and to see Steve living and breathing, not just talking about the lifestyle part and how you do obviously have to work hard. This is not a nine to five thing if you're running your own business, but the importance of success comes from the way you look after yourself in doing that so that you can sustain some of the hard work mental and mental stress and energy that comes from or that is, is needed by for running your own business. He also talks about the process of building a business as a mindset. You go from growing to learning to failing to growing and rinse and repeat in all of those different things, the peaks, the troughs, and how you can have within the same week or same month, you can have your best day of the year and your worst day of the year. And it really can switch or change on a, on a coin. I particularly like the way that in the book, the mindsets stuff isn't just thrown in as an afterthought at the end it is really weaved through and there are whole sections on on mindset and looking after yourself and the well-being stuff and not in a soft and fluffy way but in a this actually has real business outcomes which many of us know and that's now very widely recognized but people aren't genuinely or generally living what they know to be true in that area like I said, it's not just thrown as, as in as an afterthought. It is there all the way through the book and in different parts as well. So when he's talking about the process, he talks about this might not work and this is how you're going to have to be resilient if that does happen and all of those different elements 
peaks, the troughs, the ups and downs, the roller coaster throughout the process of building and growing and developing a business. So that was big idea number one, mindset is everything. Big idea number two is that it is an art and a science. The book is really rich in the A to Z, or the A to Z, an American moment there, of building a business from idea through to execution, from moving out of your corporate role and having to unlearn some of those bad habits that we pick up from working in corporate roles through to going out, finding clients, marketing, funding models, design thinking, how to run a launch, how to prototype. It's all here with that clear advice, templates, tools, which tech hacks he likes to use, recommendations of different approaches you can use to execute your idea, to bring it to life. And not just bringing your first idea to life, but testing things, getting in front of your customers, using that design thinking or that human-centered design mindset. And we know it's not that simple. So whilst the science, inverted commas, element is covered very deeply, we know it's not that simple. He talks about the judgment calls and the risk, appetite and patience you're gonna need to succeed all the way through. Partly that is the mindset stuff we talked about in big idea number one, but also it's it's the art and the balance and the judgment that you're going to need to apply to some of the science elements of the process and the system of building a business. So I think the book gives a really nice overview of both of those things and and weds them together with the art, mindset, the judgment, the risk appetite, the patience, and the science, the steps, the processes you're going to need to put in place to build a business. Just as a note on that, like I said, it does go deep into things like funding models, marketing options, how to run a launch, how to get, uh, how to get people interested, how to go and find your customers, how to prototype something. There's some really great resources all the way through and and good top tips. So each chapter, each section has a good summary of what you need to do, a bit of a checklist almost on what you need to do to bring this to life with an idea and how to apply the lessons. So that was big idea number two. It's an art and a science. Big idea number three is know your customer. Now, this isn't the first time that empathy or knowing a customer or having intent and knowing who you're talking to has come up as a big idea in in some of the books we've talked about. Not a surprise, given the topics of the books, there is obviously an element of overlap in some of the books. With this one, though, it's really around not just guessing what your customer thinks or wants, but getting in front of them, prototyping. And I like that he brings in some good thoughts from other entrepreneurs or other thought leaders in the area around marketing and getting attention so he talks about Seth Godin's purple cow idea and how you need to be 10 times better to get the attention you need to be remarkable in the market to stand out and get your customers to even consider buying especially if they've got to switch from another service or provider or product now to do this you need to know your customer inside out You need to know what their problem is. You need to know the language they use to describe that problem. You've got to know the opportunity for improvement and the the risk of loss that the customers will feel if they have to switch from another product. Also the value proposition. How are you going to sell this to them? There's some great advice and systems and checklists and processes you can use in here around prototyping. Talks a lot about the design thinking methodology 
prototyping, finding a not perfect, and that's really important from a mindset perspective, is you've got to be okay taking stuff that is not perfect to your customers to test, to find out what do they like, what do they not like, what are the most important measures. They might give you a whole list of things that you ideally they would like you to change or they'd like you the products or service to have or not have but what are the most important ones because some of the things they might just be able to live with and you can undo yourself thinking you had to change all of those things when actually maybe half a dozen of them or three of them might be enough there's also an important point around not getting sucked into samples of one so going and asking your brother if he likes the thing, if he's not one of your clients, if he's not a potential customer, because that's not much use. And you'd then think, oh, 100% of people hate this product or hate the service that I'm proposing. When actually they're not someone who would buy the product anyway. They're not someone who has the problem that you're solving. So making sure that you're actually finding true potential customers who have that problem, not just your friends, your family, if they are not your potential customers. It's interesting, I'm part of a couple of Facebook groups that business owners and people doing their own thing and so many people comment on them upset that their family don't buy their thing or their friends don't support them by supporting their business in some way by using their service, service, etc. or not liking it, not liking their business idea. And a lot of the time or most of the time people will respond saying, but they're not your customer. Yes, of course, you want your friends and your family to support you in some way, but that doesn't have to be by buying your thing. If they're not your end user, they're actually sort of useless in that way and will and will probably make your life harder because they're not actually giving you useful feedback if they're not the person who has the problem that you're solving. So it's so important to use this in the right way. So to go out and knowing your customer is to know your customer, not someone who you know who can pretend to be your customer. So that was big idea number three, know your customer. Now, as with many books that are more guides or have lots of detail and kind of how-to type books, really hard to pull out the three big ideas because there's so much in there and, and this does definitely not do the book justice in terms of the depth and richness and practicality of the book and how it could be the one thing you use to move from employee to entrepreneur. It's got a nice balance of reality and warning and the highs that you can get from doing your own thing, running your own business and and getting that momentum and building something. Steve's story is really cool as well in terms of how he did it and the mistakes he made. And he's pretty honest in the book about some of the stuff he really sucked at and some of the mistakes he made along the way and how that how he learned from those and how he's used those lessons going forward into different iterations of his business and different side projects or other projects he's then been involved in. He also really brings the best of so many other great thinkers into the book. So you could probably, there's probably a dozen books that you wouldn't probably, you wouldn't really have to read as a result of reading this book because he covers things like Carol Dweck and her growth mindset methodology. He covers some of uh, Seth Godin's best ideas. He talks about some of Peter Drucker's work from strategy perspective, design thinking. There's so much stuff you could shortcut. Now, I obviously encourage you, obviously, to still read some of those books, but there's so much you can shortcut by not having to read by going to this book and he's pulled out some of the best ideas and how to apply them, most importantly, not just the idea itself. It's also not a mammoth book. There's no fluff in there. It's pretty straight to the point and gives, like I said, a really practical guide to 
101 of starting your own business. If you do want to buy the book to reflect on and use over Christmas or over the break or over the summer, if, uh, again, my Southern Hemisphere friends, as you're thinking about what's next for you, highly recommend doing that. There's a link in show notes to the book depository where you can, my little bookshop on the book depository where you can go and buy the book. It is an affiliate link, so a little kickback I get, pretty tiny percentage comes back to the, pro- the podcast to help me pay for tea bags and kombucha that I like to drink whilst making the podcast. As I mentioned, this is the last book I'll be covering for 2019. There are some good episodes coming up though, so make sure you tune into those about some of the best books we've read, some of the book recommendations, what we're looking forward to reading over Christmas or over what we're hoping Santa to bring us. So listen in over the next couple of weeks. There'll be some cool things for you to think about, some of the best big ideas and some general reading inspiration as you are planning your reading list for 2020, and especially if you want to be building a reading habit. As usual, contact details are in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you if you've enjoyed the podcast. If you have any suggestions for 2020, if you'd like more of something, less of something, I would love to hear from you. I'm really enjoying the messages I'm getting from people on LinkedIn and Instagram at the moment. Contact details are in the show notes. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading. <laughs>